Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, April 18th, 2019, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 20, the fifth paragraph only. Um, it reads, moderate drinkers have little trouble. Uh, today's readers, we have Kathy C. on the 12 steps. We have Carmela G. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are Kath- Catherine C. Um, we have uh, child prodigy Gabriella G. on the uh, second reader. And then Craig F. waiting in the wings. <clears throat> the share, share ID for Wednesday, April 17th, uh, 2019. The 7 a.m. meeting, 12,791. That's one, two, Seven nine one, and for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 12,796, 12,796. We have our newcomer greeter, Elena A.M., and the host for the second hour, Jen A. Okay, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors And then we like to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating they can get better, they can recover, but first they gotta be abstinent and then practice the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. 12 steps. Step one, we were admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscience contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us, and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. 
Thanks, Kathy. Hey, Carmela. Carmela G., can you read the 12 traditions, please? This is Carmela G. from New York. Um, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, the OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, Overeaters Anonymous as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thanks so much, Carmela. Appreciate that. Here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes or you'll hear something like, <laughs> like that. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Um, our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then, of course, press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're, we're resuming our study of the big book. We are currently on page 20, the fifth uh, paragraph. And I will now ask uh, Catherine C. if you'd be kind enough to begin reading. Catherine, good morning. 
Good morning, Larry. This is Catherine C., um, a Republican Festival Overeater from Virginia. All right. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. Um, so I just want to dive into that first part that says a good reason. And I definitely had plenty of reasons to get out of the food. I mean, I dropped out of school four times. I went to three different treatment centers. I was suicidal. And I was repeating the same pattern over and over and over and over in my life. I think there was a four-year stint where I did the same thing over and over and over again, just picking up and putting down, picking up and putting down. And I could not get out of this hole, this hole. But really, when I, the first thing I thought of when I read this paragraph was this one event when I'm sitting downstairs, sitting downstairs in my den, binging. I think it's day three. Where I can't get off the couch, and I'm just binging. And the only reason I'm getting off the couch is to go to the fridge. And my brother comes in crying, and he says to me, can't you think of the family? Can't you stop for our family? And the answer is no. The answer is no, I can't. And that's why I'm not a moderate drinker. And then the next part of the sentence, they can take it or leave it alone. And part of what helped me with this idea in going through this work and going through this book with someone is they described using another addiction. So for me, I could go to Vegas and I could do some slot machines and walk away and be fine and have a good time while a, while a gambling addict could not. Um, and that was something I getting my head around that other people don't think a way I think about food in this way. My classmates can have a cookie and they don't want another one. I used to think, oh, they just have willpower. Oh, they can, they're, they're just good. They can handle it. No, they're moderate eaters. Just like I'm a moderate gambler, if you want to say that. Um, and that really helped me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. Uh, thanks so much, Catherine. So um, just to let you guys know before we share, it's even though I'm coming through clear from what I understand, it's a little choppy hearing. So I, I may miss some names, hopefully not, but the wizardess will help me. I know she'll text me. Um, and if you have not shared in the past day or so um, on what Catherine read, again, it was page 20, the fifth paragraph only, moderate drinkers. And who would like to share on what was read? Lisa B. Lisa? Reva P. This is Beverly. Jennifer I got w. Reva. Jennifer. I missed someone in between Reva and Jennifer. Was that Leah? There was a Beverly. Yeah, I just couldn't hear that. I'm so sorry. I got Lisa, Jason Reva, K. and Jennifer. Jason, I heard. Figured out. Be Beverly. Thank you, Leah. Beverly. And who was the other Thank person? Uh, Elise N. Elise. Elise N. Okay. Why don't we stop there? Why don't we stop there? Let me tell you her, who I heard and who who Leah heard. Leah heard Beverly, but we're going to go Lisa, Reba, Jennifer, Jason, Beverly, and Elise. Um. So Lisa B. Hey Lisa. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. 
And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A. Um, <clears throat> there is so much in this small paragraph that just has knocked me over, and I, I really feel kind of inspired to share on a podcast that's on the Vision for You website that really shattered so much denial I had. And um, if you go onto our Vision website, you'll you can type in a search under special editions for abstinence. And one of them, uh, the podcast under that search is, comes up, it's um, what do we mean by entire abstinence? And there's many podcasts, so I'm not just promoting this one, but this one really helped me, and it's by Ruth M. And she talks about how the compulsive overeater, you know, they can have an alcoholic ingredient and not binge that day. And then that's what happened to me often. But then three days later, I would wake up and I would say, oh, I'm going to have a binge. And I would plan my binge. And I would think I'm choosing. But what I learned in studying the doctor's opinion with a recovered fellow, and I did this in abstinence and listening to these podcasts, that my body is mandated. It will drive me to have that binge. And I'm thinking I'm the one that's choosing. And that really helped me understand another thing about this um, commonplace, or no, moderate, moderate drinkers. Wait a minute. No, it's now these are commonplace observations. Oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. Where are we? We're moderate drinkers. Is that the one that we're on, Larry? Yeah, it's moderate drinkers, just that one okay. paragraph. Have little trouble giving up, yeah. So, you know, there was a time in my younger years where I, I would have little trouble. I could just walk away from it. And I now know what I would do is go into a restricting mode, you know, and that's still the same illness. Or I would go into compulsive exercising mode. I would have something else that's still obsessing about the food and the weight. So it wasn't always a binge, but I did cross over a line where I could not stop compulsively overeating and I had to have someone actually physically remove me from my apartment. But, you know, my binges were not always like that. They would not always be to that degree. And I think that was the, the subtlety and the insanity of it. I do know that it is progressive, that once I'm a compulsive overeater, I'm always going to be a compulsive overeater, that it can lie in wait and just kind of be content to stay where it is. And then suddenly it just digs its heels in and then I'm, I'm really going at a deeper level. And I can't predict. That's the thing. I can never safely predict what I'm going to do and how I will respond to these alcoholic ingredients. And I'm sorry, Larry, I had a, a problem with my phone, but I'm going to wrap it up. And thank you so much for your service. I hope that it came out clearly. My phone started behaving weird, so thank you. That's okay, mine too. Yeah, no, it did, it did. So um, next we have Reva P. followed by Jennifer. Hey, Reva, good morning. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. You know, a couple of paragraphs earlier, it said, what do I have to do? And I think for this paragraph, it reminds me, I have to know, why do I have to do what they're going to recommend that I have to do? And this is explaining to me who I'm not. I am not a moderate eater. Um, because if I was a moderate eater, um, abstinence only would work. And diets only would work or the slogans only and maybe the group support would work. 
So I have to know um, that I'm going to have to do what they're going to tell me to do because those things will not work for me if I'm a real compulsive overeater. So I'm getting educated um, further, even beyond you know, the doctor's opinion, to remind me who I'm not. And I learned that I was not the moderate eater where I could have one of or one scoop of something and not crave it either in the next hour, the next day, the next week. Um, that was pretty clear. But I think what I've also learned is I'm not um, a moderate person when it comes to my activity, when it comes to my emotions. Like I can't just say, oh, let go and let God when I'm really angry or I'm really scared. Um, and that's why I need to do the work. I need to do the steps. I need to continually do 10, 11, and 12. Because when I get into a human emotion, I'm not moderate. I take it to the nth degree. I catastrophize. I go into negativity. And that's who I am. And thank you, God, I have a process for dealing with that stuff. And that's why I need to do what they're going to recommend that I do. Um, and thank you, God, that there is another way. Because when I do the work, then I get that ease and comfort, and I don't have to get it through the substance. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Reva. Okay, um, we have now batting Jennifer with Jason K on deck uh, by Beverly. Jennifer, good morning. Jennifer, press star one if you would. Or maybe I was um, hallucinating as I often do. No, Jennifer, going once, going twice. All right, well, now batting. Do you hear me now? No. Oh, there she's batting. You're up, shortstop. Jennifer. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm a compulsive overeater from Sweden. Thanks for doing service, Larry, and for the shares. I um, I used to, I wrote here in my book um, a word in Swedish with this normis, normis. Uh, it's actually like um, the term for like a normal person in Swedish. And um, that's sort of what I call um, people uh, today. I used to think of them as the normal state. And now today I can see that uh, what is normal anyway. And uh, uh, I, 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 I thought as I had the word normal I would feel unnormal, like as if I'm strange because I couldn't like pick up a cake and just eat a piece and then put it down. So then I would feel very unnormal. And uh, now when I'm um, working this program and uh, learning more about uh, myself, that there are others who are like me, um, I actually don't feel as unnormal anymore. I feel as if there are others like me and that's an amazing feeling because I can also, I, I relate to the last chair, also feel like unnormal when it comes to my emotion and the drama and the thinking and the mental obsessions and all. And there I can also get help with that. So that's really great. And I'm so grateful that I'm recovered 
that I can say that I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and that I belong to this group and that I can listen to you and feel like the normal is not like what is normal anyway. I'm so happy that I'm actually am the way I am and that I, I'm not alone feeling uh, on my own in this. So thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks so much, Jennifer. I was laughing because where else can we go from Sweden to Philly? Right, Jason? Good morning. Good morning, Larry. I'm in I'm vacationing in upstate New York, but this is Jason K from outside of Philly, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic. Good to hear you on the line, Larry, and thanks for moderating. And um for me, uh looking at this this small paragraph is interesting. And for me, what it is, is is I'm trying to find the truth uh, of, of this statement based on my own experience. And we're really in step one here. And I like to qualify new, newcomers and potential sponsees with this question, did you have sufficient reason to stop? Did you have a warning from a doctor? Did you have remonstrances from your family? Did you have health problems because of your eating? And what did you do in the face of those? Because we're funny people, we get a warning from a doctor and we get upset and we, we eat even a more intense binge. Uh, that's what I did because I was always starting tomorrow. Uh, and I talked to people who said, you know, uh, my doctor told me my blood, you know, blood work showed elevated levels of this, that, and the other thing. And I cut out sugar and I lost 20 pounds and I feel great and I never felt better. And I'm scratching my head looking at these people uh, because I'm different. I'm different. And I, I'm just wondering how this, this guy who told me the story did that. And I'm talking to a friend at work and she said, you know, I was just sitting there one night and I, I was eating dessert with my husband. And I said, this is disgusting. We need to do something. And she lost 30, 40 pounds. And she's telling me the story and I'm scratching my head because guess what? Every day, I'm making this decision. I'm telling myself, this is disgusting. I'm fed up with this. I have to lose weight. And I'm making that decision at seven in the morning and at eight in the morning, I'm binging. And I'm finished binging, you know, 8.45, nine in the morning. And guess what? I'm making that decision again. I'm saying, this is disgusting. I have to do this. And I'm overweight and I have, you know, sleep apnea and I have depression and I, you know, my, I can't go to, I'll go to sleep sometimes and I'll wake up because I'm throwing up and I'm jumping for the, um, for the garbage can because my, my digestive system is messed up from throwing up. So what we have to understand, what I had to understand really clearly in this step one uh, consideration is that I am not like the normal eater. Given any worldly reason, any consequence, I'm not going to give this up. So where does that leave me? Spiritually bankrupt, not able to depend upon any human power, not able to look at my willpower. My willpower is strangely damaged and, and extremely insufficient to tackle this problem. Yet I tried it every day, every day until I was going crazy. You know, the big book talks about a definition of insanity, a distinct lack of proportion, you know, desperately trying the same experiment day in and day out. Um, trying the old old game once again to control and enjoy our our compulsive eating, our alcoholic foods. Um, so I'm just happy to be here today to remember this 
um, to share with you, to be a part of this uh, fellowship. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you all for being here this morning. Thanks, Jason. Okay, we have Beverly followed by Elise, and then we'll open it back up. Beverly, is this Beverly R or Beverly? Thank, thank you, Larry. Excuse me, please. That my name is Beverly B. from Pennsylvania, and I am gratefully recovered compulsive overeater one day at a time. And I love, I'm on this line and have been for a number of years on and off, and the word moderate, um, I love that word today because I remember coming in and one of the first questions that I wrote on using the Tola writing, the deception of others is nearly always rooted in the deception of myself. And that was a stumper for me. Moderate drinker, moderate eater? <laughs> no, today I know without a doubt that I am such an all or nothing person that the definition of moderate is keep within sensible limits, and I just don't have sensible limits. I'll, like I would go and say, well, maybe this one won't hurt me this time, and I'd take the first bite, and then the bite would take me, and I'd end up sick and my stomach hurting and everything. Thing else, and thank God today by practicing the spiritual principles. And Jesus Christ, you blew my fucking eardrums out. Quite dead. I'm hearing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're hearing insanity, but it's okay. Keep going. Thank you. I didn't know. I was kind of. Well, anyway, thank you, Larry. But I'm wrapping up with this, that keep within sensible limits, not excess. I am such an extremist. Not today. I practice the spiritual principles because there's no moderation for me. There's no middle-of-the-road solution. You know, my, the food, when it comes to food today, knowing the truth that um, I am a compulsive overeater, that, uh, me, I absolutely need to practice the spiritual principles because the food is just a symptom. So I'm grateful for the reminder, and thank you for allowing me to share. Oh, thanks, Beverly. Elise, it's your turn. <laughs> Good morning, Elise. Press star one. Hi, this is Elise N. Um, thank you for singing. 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 My goodness. 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 You know, I just, uh, <clears throat> in that category that the big book describes, you know, that, that 10% of um, alcoholics that were like the revolving door in the rehab and they just kept coming back and back even though they there was a problem. And that would be me. Um, so, um, you know, I'm just grateful that 
everybody is here um, and, you know, that, um, you know, for today there's people to help me with this. And uh, I, <clears throat> you know, came back in about, um, what, eight months ago or so, six, seven, eight months ago. I've lost over 70 pounds um, just um, and and really just keeping a food plan, but also, um, you know, calling the sponsor every day and turning over my food and going through the steps and doing a step 10 and 11 every day and then sponsoring other people. And I can't, I can't say enough for the service in this program. The two things that are keeping me abstinent are, um, I believe are the t- steps 10 and 11 every night just to, so that, you know, I, if I was going to do a fourth step today, I wouldn't have resentment. Um, and also to, uh, and, 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 and also just one working with my sponsor and, uh, you know, working with my sponsor and working with other people, big time working with other people. I read the, with the people I'm working with now, we're like I'm reading the, the doctors, the doctors, the doctors, the doctors, the doctors, other things over and over and over. So it helps me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Elise. Okay. I don't know if anyone else is hearing the sounds kind of choppy, but again, that just might be me. So hopefully I'm coming through clear. So we're going to take some more names just to, before we do, just to uh, let you know that we're on page 20, the fifth paragraph. It reads, moderate drinkers have a little trouble. Yeah, I think some others are hearing an echo, too. Yeah, echo, echo, echo. Okay. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. So I got you, Amy. I got you, Amy. So if people could do this, let's do this. Simon says, everyone mute their phone. I have you, Amy, but Simon says, everyone mute their phone, even the ones that want to share. Just mute your phone. Everybody. Thank you. No, even you. You mute your phone, too. No speaker phones, please, too. Okay, good. Now, if you are someone who hasn't shared, in the past uh, day or so, and if you are a still suffering compulsive reader, or only if you are a formerly suffering compulsive reader, if you're from those two categories and haven't shared in the past day or so, and I got Amy G, who else would like to share? This is Deborah in Ohio. Deborah? Katie Tiffany. from Boston. Katie? Sandy, yes. Sandy? Nashville. Anyone else? Don't be shy. Tiffany P. Who was that? Something P? Tiffany P. Uh, Okay, I I, I didn't get it, but it's like Sunny or... Uh, okay, that's enough. Um, so here's what here's what we're gonna go. We're gonna go uh, Tiffany. Tiffany, that's what it was. Thanks, Leia. Okay, here's our lineup: Amy, Z, Deborah, Katie, Sandy, and Tiff, and 
and Tiffany P. Amy, good morning, Baltimore. Hey, Larry, how are you? Can you hear me? Good. I can. You're coming through great. Okay, awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for your service. Uh, moderating us all, and thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. To me, you know, what's really interesting to me is, you know, a couple of paragraphs ago, the, they were talking about, you know, what is the purpose of this book is to answer these questions as to why I can't leave it alone. And, you know, but then Bill says it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. You know, most of us, for me, like, I want to go straight to how it works. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm a composable reader, and I want to go straight to how it works. You know, tell me what to do. But what Bill understands, I don't know, divinely inspired or whatever, that until we truly concede to our innermost self who we, who and what we are, then the instructions aren't going to make any difference. We've still got a few chapters to go to before we even get close to the instructions. And what I find Bill is he not only drills home what the compulsive overreader is, but what the compulsive overreader is not. And I can tell you, for me, I am certainly not the moderate nor the hard eater, drinker, if you will, I am the real alcoholic. I am the real compulsive overeater. I had many, many good reasons for needing to stop. But because of the mental twist, the mental obsession, I not only had the issue with the allergy, I had the thinking problem. And that's what differentiates me from all the other regular or the normies out there or the moderates or even the hard eaters from, from everybody else. What makes me different? What always made me feel different? How is it I could watch someone eat a bag of something and then leave half the bag? It blew my mind that they could do, do that. How is it that with all my best intentions, I said, I'm not going to stick my finger down my throat this time, but I did anyways. How many times did I stand in front of the refrigerator, five bites into a binge going, how the hell did I get here? I wasn't even thinking. There was no resistance. I could not, of my own will and of my own thinking, and with all my heart and soul, stop from putting my hands in the cellophane bags and the, and the bakery boxes. So they're showing me what I am not now. So when I concede to my innermost self, we move forward. This always, I have it on the side of my book here. Go to page 60. It says here, um, and this is in the chapter how it works, by the way. It says, our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas that we are alcoholic and could not manage our own lives, that probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism and that God could and would if he were sought. So this description that we're getting right now is showing me and reinforcing and nailing home what it is that I am not and who that I am. And that is a compulsive critical level, food addict, compulsive overeater. That is what I am. And when I concede that, when I get to the instructions, I'm going to work this program like my hair's on fire because I know that without some sort of power outside of myself, because of my spiritual malady, because of the mental obsession, because of the physical allergy, I am different and I need help. And the process of the 12 steps is what brings me to that contented abstinence that freedom from this awful, awful disease. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Amy. We have Deborah followed by Katie. Hey, Deborah. good morning. Good morning, uh, and thank you for your service, Larry, and thank everybody on uh, who's on here. This is Deborah in Ohio. I am a recovering compulsive overeater. I'm so glad to be on this meeting this morning. I've been having a bit of a hard time, but the good thing of it is one of the things – 
is it's really big for me is isolation and uh, you know and I'm learning to reach out and people are reaching out to me and I'm hearing stories you know of people's lives and I'm sitting up here feeling sorry for myself because I you know it just silliness you know and I hear some a, a person who calls me because I'm hurting and they happen to share a little bit about what's going on in their life and I'm humbled totally humbled and they're and they're I'm just I'm just humbled by this program and I'm humbled by everybody out there who has the courage to come here and who has the courage every morning to get up and even sometimes when you know, it gets hard and it gets crazy, but we keep coming back. And with that, I just want to say I love you all out there, and thank you all for being there. I pass. Thanks so much, Deborah. Hey, KDG. Good morning. Hello, Mr. Larry. Good morning, everyone. This is KDG, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic. Okay, yeah, totally. So, um you know, if you asked my husband, if you told him, look, um, this gum, this artificial sweetener, this, um, you know, fifth ingredient or more, it's going to, it could possibly kill you. This is what it's doing for you. It's going to give you cancer. Um, if you exercise again, you're going to hemorrhage out. He's a normal eater, and he'd be like, cool, all right, what I do is I rationalize, justify, and defend my right to eat that food, ingredient, or do that behavior. And what one of my teachers taught me is that if I'm rationalizing, justifying, or defending, guess what? I'm wrong. And a reason is a justification. And one of the things that can feel so confusing is, you know, you hear people say, oh, well, I was doing really, quote, unquote, well in program, meaning they were on a diet, and then their husband died, or they got cancer, or something horrible happened. And I am not here to tell you I'm not sorry for your pain, because I am, okay? I know what pain is, and I know we need to learn to feel it and walk through with it. But the most important thing that I remember is that nothing in this world can make me eat Life does not hold a gun to my head and say, KDG, you have to eat. But what I need to do is identify in and say I'm not a moderate eater, which can be confusing because there are moderate eaters and hard eaters on the line in our rooms. And, and I say welcome. I say welcome. But don't sponsor me only because you'll kill me. And you'll say, oh, you know, you can have a little bit of that um, you know, if something else happens, it'll be okay and just work the tools. There's one thing I need to change in my life each and every day, and that one thing is everything. From my attitude, um, you know, when I finally was in enough pain, I went from yeah, but, to yes, ma'am, to help me, tell me what to do. And each day, that's what I need to do is say, okay, help me, tell me what to do. Like, I need to be 100% all in. I need to be entirely abstinent. There's no such thing as a little abstinent. And if I'm wanting to eat that thing, if it's that important, it's going to do that thing to me that is doing that thing for me. And at the end of my life, if God or Buddha or Allah says to me, Katie, you could have had like 10 pieces of gum a day, 
I don't care. Why? Because I'm recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and that's just food. Who cares? I'd rather show up for this life today. And that's not because I'm a good person. It's because by the grace of God and his loving mercy, I'm abstinent, and I work this program every day, just like all of you. I'm a God. Thanks, Katie. Oh, Sandy, it's your turn. Followed by Tiffany. Hey, Sandy. Sandy, press star one. There you are. I just did. Thanks, Larry. I love your your the way you present. It really. Hi. I think that's really <laughs> so healing for me. Um, you know, just to open up to the humor in life. Um, you know, when people have shared, it's really touched me because I'm extreme in everything in everything, Um, but not really everything good. I'm extreme in everything bad for the most part. So to sort of like have humor in the meeting is sort of like opening me up to the good. You know, I'd like to be a little more extreme in the good. I think it would counterbalance the extreme negativity I have. But I think what I want to share is not, this is the good news about being an extremist is that not only was I extreme in the illness, but I'm extreme in the recovery, thank God. You know, and I'm very clear, very clear, that recovery means for me being totally honest with myself. And this is not for me a one-size-fits-all program. This is for me, what is my higher power? What is my internal guidance system directing me to do is my next right action in recovery. And it might be very different from someone else's. And it probably is because while I have the common illness, I have a unique manifestation of it. And one of my manifestations is, yes, you know, I hear people say, I left yes man, I'm doing yes man, let go of the no but and doing yes man. Well, my whole life was yes man. It was, yes, ma'am, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? It was never, ever, and it was total reliance on other people. I never isolated. So I have to, while identifying in, also identify, God, what is my unique recovery path? Definitely following the steps, definitely following the principles, and the first principle is honesty really telling the truth about, yes, how I identify in and how I'm different. I am afraid, and I will say this now, to say how I am different from the other people, from most of the people in this group. I will not even say it on the line because I'm scared to really tell the truth about myself. And, um, you know, that eventually will come. I'll do a 10-step on it and find out if I can actually say the truth on the line. I might not be able to. And uh, just to reiterate, for me, the core of my program is praying to be open to God's will for me because I am definitely willing to do whatever I think God's will is. I'm just not always clear on that. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Sandy. Well, after we have breakfast at Tiffany's, we will open it up to more um, sharing. Tiffany, good morning. Good morning. Can I be heard? There you are. Yeah. 
I am Tiffany, recovered compulsive overeater out of uh, San Antonio, Texas. And um, moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely. Um, reading this paragraph reminds me of when I first came in and um, my sponsor was taking me through step one and she had me do a food inventory of sorts. And I remembered um, so many instances of just overeating, but um, I, I started comparing myself to others. And I, I had a memory of a friend from college who, you know, she loved um, a certain sweet. She loved Cinnabon. And she would go out sometimes, you know, at 11, 12 o'clock at night to get to get a Cinnabon. And, um, you know, on the surface, that kind of looked, looked similar to how I eat. But the difference between myself and this friend was, you know, she would wait until she got back to her dorm room to eat the Cinnabon. She would put it on a plate and eat it with a knife and fork. And most of the time, she wouldn't finish the whole thing in one sitting. She would eat off of it for a couple of days or a week. And then at the end of the week, if there was still any left, she would say, oh, that's, that's bad. I'm going to throw it out. Um, and and I didn't understand then, but it, I was amazed at the restraint she had and how she could eat her, her Cinnabon. This this thing that she supposedly loves so much. Um, not eat it all at once. And what I didn't know then that I know now is that she was a moderate eater. Um, you know, she ate something because she loved it. I thought I had a love of food. What I really had a a need for was the um, the obliteration of any feelings, right, the, the ease and comfort um, that the doctor's opinion talks about that comes with compulsive overeating. I needed to eat away life because I couldn't handle it. Um, people who love food don't gorge on it, don't make themselves sick on it, don't um, become so so dis- so consumed with food that when they look at it, they become disgusted with it. Um, you know, I had every opportunity um, from doctor's appointments, um, doctors telling me that, you know, um, I needed to lose weight. I had good reasons, right? I wanted to be the thin, fit girl that all the guys wanted or um, healthy or um, just different. I wanted all of that. I had enough reasons, but I'd never um, had a solution until I came into these rooms for the second time and my sponsor introduced me to this book and told me what my real problem was. And it wasn't until then that I really got to understand um, what I'd been doing for the entirety of my life and um, what it really meant to be a compulsive overeater. Because I sat in the rooms and called myself a compulsive overeater and just thought it was someone who ate a lot. Didn't understand that I had a physical allergy and obsession of the mind and that um, I needed to put the food down and get to work and in, get the, to in, work the, in the program. program, 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 program. And, um, and, um, and um, thank God, thank God, God, thank God, God, and, and discover that And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Tiffany. So again, just a reminder, we'll take about three names. Um, we, uh, we just want to make sure that no speaker phones um, so that we can avoid the echo. So three brave souls. Janice PM. Janice. <laughs> Jackie B from the Bronx. Who else? Carmela G. 
Carmela, we got our three. Hey, Janice, Boston Janice, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, please time me, okay, Larry? Yeah, time. you know why? <laughs> For decades, I said, oh, I can do this. I'm moderate. I can stop when I want to. Well, let me just tell you, I couldn't stop. Well, sometimes I could, but I always went I always back went to it. Because of the obsession of the mind. Now, this is the difference between me and a moderate eater. Hey, Jen, it's pretty tough. One again. Thanks. Okay, I'm on Okay, I'm on Okay, I'm Yeah, Janice, sorry about that. We got some some hecklers that are playing the old echo okay. game. I have a sneaking suspicion, but there you are. I am here I now. Am thank, you, now. Thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. See, the difference with me, I'm going to compare myself. Conference. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, got me on, they got me on one line. I'm still on the second line, though. Hang on. They got me. It's just mental illness. That's all it is. And it's spiritual malady. That's all it takes, right? But we accept them anyway. All right. Let's see. Sorry about that, Janice. We accept mental illness and we accept spiritual maladies. What are you going to do, right? I don't know if you guys can hear me, but our apologies, Janice. And why don't we try Jackie? From the Bronx. Jackie, press star one. Let's see how we go here. Hi, I'm Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie from the Bronx. Jackie. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for your service. And, um, you know, I love this uh, thing about moderate eater. Um, I wouldn't know a moderate eater if, you, if you, you know, if, I, if it, it was right in front of my face. Um, because for me, I mean, I used to play games like I can name that candy bar from two rooms across, you know, the hall. Or if a, my family member would go in the refrigerator, I could tell you what they're having. And I don't, and I'm in another room. I mean, I was so in tune to food, even in abstinence. Because I didn't really understand until now the obsession of the mind, I would, you know, I was still obsessed about my abstinence food. Anything that I focused more on the food or on other thing, obsessions, I couldn't function. You know, um, there's a slogan, um, uh, don't compare or you'll despair. Um, and now that I work my program where I've taken out those things that trigger the allergy that then brings on the obsession, and then I can't focus. Then all my self-centeredness just becomes so apparent. It's unbelievable. Um, and today, because I, don't, I put that down, I am present. I am present for my fellow man outside the room, in the room. Um, I can actually listen to people, and I can actually see my actions. Um, 
I have a, a relationship with my higher power that I've never had before. Um, I find that I can accept people now um, unconditionally and not try to manipulate. And it's funny because I spent my whole life getting a support group to help me you know, validate how everybody else is a victim, you know, how I'm a victim of everybody else. And yet, now when I hear them talk, I'm like, are you crazy? You know, um, because I realize I don't need a cheering section for my disease. What I need is a cheering section for my recovery, and that's working the steps. That's being present. That's saying, hey, when I can, I do, and when I can't, I can't do. Not try to, sugar, you know, excuse my language, sugarcoat and try to get, get you to say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I don't have to do that today. Today I admit who I am. You know, I have a better relationship with my family, especially my sister. I tell my sister, you know what, I am jealous of you because of the manageability you have today that I don't have. And that is so freeing. Oh, my God, doing a 10th and 11th step every day is freeing. I don't carry the burden of life anymore. Instead, I give to the life. So with that, I say, today I'm really positive, Jackie, from the Bronx, and I am so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Jackie. Okay, Carmela, you're, you wrap us up this morning. Hopefully the hecklers, will, their self-hatred won't, won't interrupt. But anyways, you're up, Carmela. Thank you so much, Larry. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, compulsive overeater recovered for today through the grace of my higher power. And I, I offer that up for them as well, that they would have a higher power. Um, I, I lied for six decades, lied, lied, lied to myself that I could handle everything. My ego had to be intact because I wanted to make sure everyone knew that I could control it all. So I lied and, it, and said, that I was not a compulsive. I could handle anything, including the food. Well, my life was threatened with cancer. God was good enough to get me through that one. Then, next, it was threatened with the fact that I'd never be able to walk because I was crushing my spine because I was so big. And... I thought the doctor was being exaggerating when he told me if I didn't lose the weight, I would be in the wheelchair permanently. So I denied that. I was smarter than that. I could do anything. So moderate eater, yeah, I could put it down. If, if you I could do it, don't worry about it. I can handle it. Thank God for this program and working these steps because today I can walk beautifully. My higher power has helped me rid my body of the excess weight, but most of all, helps me every single day that I plug in and surrender. And he keeps me on the straight and narrow. And I have wisdom through my higher power through that connection that allows me to say things. I have a, a young lad in my life. He's 15. He's my great-great-nephew. And he wanted me to attend a baseball game. And I said, oh, I'm very sorry, but I'm, 
I must go to a meeting that I'm doing. And he said, I don't understand why you have to keep doing this thing every day. And I said, yes, I said, because I don't want to go back to where I was because he knew me in my disease. And he said, oh, that's never going to happen. Look at you. And I said, no, you don't understand. I am an addict. I said, there are drug addicts, there are alcoholics, and there are food addicts. And I am a food addict. And if I don't work this every day and surrender every day, I will be right back to where I started. And with that, I thank all of you on the line for listening and for Larry for your service. And I pass. Thank you, Carmela, and thank you to everyone who was patient uh, through all the trials and tribulations and shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, uh, Thursday, April 18th for the 7 a.m. meeting. That's 12,798-12798. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that with the serenity prayer. Hey, KDG, will you be kind enough to read that for us? Ah, oh, Larry, I'd be delighted. A vision for you, big book, page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.